Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. I love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric, you great outdoorsman, you. You know, it's just what I do. I mean, you know me. It's like, you know me, you know I'm one with outdoors. I'm one with nature. And so it is that I find myself in Sequoia National Park for these last couple days. We got here yesterday. We're going to be here till Wednesday on a little vacation to commune with the natural world, which is how I, it's just, it's part, it's in my bones. Yeah. You're, you're such a crunchy granola guy. It's, I just think of you every time I drove by REI, you yeah. know, like you're that guy. My only question is how does being such an outdoorsman uh, affect your uh, cigar game? Because it's, it seems to me like peanut butter and jelly. Well, it's 142 degrees up here. So let's <laughs> let's let's first talk about that. Not, so you not don't great. Just light the cigar. You just walk outside and it's combusting. Uh, <laughs> but got here, sat outside, smoked a cigar, went for a walk, smoked a cigar, went for a long walk this morning, smoked a cigar. Now, it apparently is illegal to smoke in national parks. Yeah, that, I I mean, I was like, I figured it was against regulations, but also, are you even seeing other human beings, much less park rangers? Well, where we've been, the answer is yes, you see a lot of human beings, because we've gone to like the big areas, you know. Now, I will say, we're in Sequoia National Park, which, have you ever been? I have not. It is remarkable. I mean, you see trees <clears throat> that are 2,000 years old. And they are like 100 feet in circumference. I mean, the largest tree in the world is in this park. It's called General Sherman. Have you have you gone to see the general yet? Well, I've got a story about that. But back to it, it's all kind of related. So you're not. Oh, and also up here, because it's a thousand degrees and it never rains. Like if you spit, seven people are trying to catch it to like save it for, you know, the the, the harvest. Uh there's forest fires all the time. Mm-hmm. So you don't see people smoking out here. You, you just don't. So I'm like hiding and smoking, but I, I'll give you a couple stories. The first is we get in town and I have to go to a market to get some food last night, like just to mm-hmm. get some, you know, random things. And there's a woman in front of me in line and she is wearing a tank top and really nothing else. And She's in front of me and she's ringing out and she says, and forgive the language, but she just blurts out, 
disrespectful motherfuckers got to check themselves or I will. (laughs) And then she turned around and pointed at me and said, and let this be a lesson to all you. Stop burning your shit in the front yard. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. I turned around to the woman next to me. I'm like, did you get that lesson? It seems like we should take take heed. You yeah. know, on that, I'm not going to yeah. burn anything in the front yard. No. Um, so that's how the kids started. Good. And today, Good. I'll tell you the, the quick General Sherman story. So General Sherman is the largest tree in the world. The way it works in this national park, you drive up the mountain, and then there's a parking lot half a mile away. But as we drove by General, the, the like landing spot for General Sherman, I was like, Holly and the kids, like, you guys get out of the car go i'll stay in the car with cheney i'll go park you guys come back then i'll go walk and see the general everything will be fine so i did that park i'm parked there and i'm looking around and you there's no wi-fi i mean my twitter game is off big time because there's (laughs) no wi-fi oh maybe i should hop over there start fucking around yeah you should have some fun (laughs) so i'm looking around i'm like well I know they said there's no smoking in the national park. And granted, I am close to the largest tree in the world. But can they really control if I smoke in my car in right. a national park? In the in, in so, a national in a national parking lot? <laughs> so I lit one up. Uh-huh. Windows cracked? Cracked. Just a little bit. Hot sure. box of it. Yeah, yeah. The looks I got from people walking by are just hysterical. I mean, they're just hysterical. The the judgment and the disdain is sensational. I love it. It fuels me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're hoping it's going to get you to stop, it's going to do just the opposite. Uh Uh-oh. Just the opposite. So finally, what's wrong? I'm I'm starting. You're the the is becoming apparent that you are in the great outdoors. You're you're glitching up a little. Uh, you're okay though. Keep going. Okay. So, by the way, uh, you can cut this out. I could probably send you my recorded version because it's probably it's probably recording it local if it makes it better. That was the first time it was an issue. Okay. So I'm waiting in the car. I get through three quarters of the cigar. I'm happy as hell. Here come Holly and Flynn. And, and it's Holly Flynn, Julian, and me. Here come Holly and Flynn. Like, where's Julian? Holly looks like she's just like fought in a gladiator arena. <laughs> and and no Julian is with her. And I'm like, did did Julian like, did the tree, did General Sherman fall on Julian? What happened here? She comes and she's like, oh, it's such a, the hike is tough back, but Julian is down there waiting for you. It's down there. So you can go. And I'm like, oh, that's really nice of him. He didn't want to like not have the experience with me. Good kid. What a good kid. I get out and I run. I was like, I'll get a little run in. I'll get like a half a mile run. So I, I run. It's mostly downhill. I'm sweating like a pig though by the time I get there. And I land, they have like signs, you know, telling you where to go. And there's placards throughout telling you, oh, this tree is this many years old. This is what happened. A lightning struck this tree. And I finally come to the like what I think is the end of the path. And I look at the placard and it says, there it is, the you know largest tree in the world. And I look up and there's a tree right there. And I'm like, oh, and I kind of glance quickly. I don't see Julian. 
But I'm like, looking up at the tree, I'm like, it's not that big. I mean, it's like, it, it seems like it should be bigger. But I'm like, I don't know. My perspective is all screwed up. I've already seen like a hundred ginormous trees. So sure. maybe I'm just, my perspective's all messed up. So I start taking pictures, you know, and, and it's weird. Like nobody's around me. So I'm just like <laughs> taking pictures. People are milling about, but not like congregated. And then I stop, I'm like, all right, I'm sure Julian's around here. I'm looking around. No, Julian. I walk back and forth like a hundred steps, both sides. No, Julian. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, I have, there's no cell reception. I have no idea what, to, I'm surely not going to walk back to the car uphill and, and to not know where he is. So I just start screaming his name, just screaming it. And you're in a, like a mountain. It echoes like it is. It's like, I've got, I've got a loud voice to begin with. And this is like a megaphone, a natural megaphone. I start screaming his name. People are looking at me like I'm crazy and there's clearly a problem. Right. And so they're they're spot on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking around, looking around, and finally I look down a, like maybe a couple hundred feet away and I just see this Jufro bouncing up and down. And I'm serious. All I saw was the Jufro. And I'm like, that's Julian. That's my boy. hundred feet away. He comes up. He has to go like this windy way to get up to me. I'm like, where the hell were you? He was like down at the front where where the, the entrance to General Sherman is. Uh -huh. Like where the Rangers are. And I'm like, Julian, where were you? He's like, where, where was I? He's like, where were you? I'm like, I'm at the tree. I'm like, I'm, he I'm here at General Sherman. He looks at me. He goes... That's not General Sherman. I go, what do you mean? It says, there it is. He goes, dad, read the thing. It tells you this is where you can see General Sherman. And he points. And sure enough, it's the only place in the park that you can see the entire General Sherman. But it's like 100 yards away. <laughs> And it's the most ginormous tree you've ever seen in your life. I was staring at some twig that was growing out of the ground, thinking it was General Sherman. This rando woman hears the argument or the you know the conversation. She goes, "That's not General Sherman." Like, I mean, I'm the asshole of all assholes here. Julian's like, "I didn't know where you were. I went to the park." He goes, "I got the park ranger involved." I'm like, oh, jeez. So we walked down to the park ranger. I'm like from a distance. I'm like, I got my boy. All good. She's like, oh, thank God. We contacted everybody, but I'm glad it's all good. Almost caused an incident at and Sequoia is, National and Park. And is this, is this why everybody like started mobbing you, mistaking you, uh, you know, wanting your autographs because they thought you were Bear Grylls? Like, <laughs> you're just, just, just really a fish to water with you in the great outdoors. Um I, it's I mean, also funny, Ward, that like I think when they saw Julian, who is like my height now, yeah, they're like, you're running around screaming his name like you lost your four-year-old, yeah. and here comes this giant sequoia of himself, of a teenager, and they're like, what the hell is going on with this kid, this guy, really? So, popped back in the car, drove down the mountain, and had to get here so that we could record this intro. But that's my backstory. How are you? How has the last week been for you? I almost died. That's not true. I, I thought it was at the time. 
I mean, you know. You almost died? Well, I, I forgot about it, but then you were just mentioning something, and you'll see why. It reminded me it was, uh, I was lying in bed. It was, it was like trying to go to sleep, and I thought like somebody had a, a flashlight or something kind of like in the neighbor's yard, but it seemed like it was flashing towards our window. So I, I, I get up, and I'm like, what is going on out there? There's like no way a street light, you know, or a car from a street could hit it. And so I'm looking out and I'm looking at the the far ridge of Adams Hill, which I live upon. And after about 30 seconds, I see it. It's like this distant, what I thought I took to be like heat lightning. And any kind of lightning out here is a rare thing. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I stayed up for another minute just to see it flash again. And it's like way over there, you know, by like beyond Pasadena. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Lay down, go to sleep, and then it must have been four in the morning, pitch dark, and I'm awoken by this, like, unbelievable rumble of thunder and crack of lightning. And my eyes burst open, and what what do I do? I immediately realize I have not covered the furniture out on the deck. Like, you know, we've got we've got these cushions. If they get soaked in rain, you know, you don't really have to you don't cover them up in Southern California because you're afraid they're going to get rained on. Certainly not snowed on. It's because of the dirt in the air. You have these covers to protect it from the dirt in the air, but not all the time. So I was like, oh, my God, there's a deluge. This is the hardest rain we've had in Los Angeles in six months. I have to get out there. And I, there's just no way I can have wet furniture in the morning. So I right. leap out of my bed like a gazelle. Uh, I slide open the patio no door. as graceful as a gazelle. No <laughs> okay. In, in my mind, yeah, the speed sure. at least. The, the okay. speed. And so I get out there and I start, you know, it's really a two-person job. But I'm just trying to pull this cover on. And then, and then this rumble occurs and you know, the distance between like the rumble and the lightning strike tells you how close the storm clouds actually are to your house. And, and during, during the, wait, it's first the lightning strike and then the rumble is how it's supposed to go. It it was simultaneous. Wait, 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 time out. That's not how it's supposed to go. It is how it goes, always. That is science. Well, well, but, but there's a gap. It's like the lightning flashes, then you count, and then when you hear the rumble, that's how many miles away it is. Yeah, exactly. So in this case, I get. I don't know if the like the rumble was rolling first. I, the point was that this storm cloud was directly above my house, <laughs> and that it all happened at the same time as I'm holding on to these couch cushions. That the 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 the, the rumble and the crack in it, and I look up and it look. There's this tree. I'm looking at it now out my window, and I swear to God, the lightning like struck, if not the tree, right above it. It didn't strike the tree. There's no. There's nothing to show that it did. But I, 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 I screamed. I grabbed both, like the cushions that I was trying to cover. I just grabbed them and I ran right back into the bedroom, soaking, dripping with these these cushions. And Annie's like, "What's going on?" I was like, "I, I, 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 I was almost struck by lightning." Like, what are you talking about? And then, and then it happened again. Like 15 seconds later, I was inside, safe inside. But but like uh, uh, like I blacked out as as I looked at the lightning and basically the next thing I remember was being soaking in the bedroom, terrifying Annie, being like, I think that that is like the closest I felt to death in my life. 
Like, wow. Like, I don't, I, I, I couldn't, like, I'm pretty sure, like, the lightning was, like, directly, I mean, I'm not going to say exactly straight overhead, but wherever it was with his, with a hundred feet directly above my head. That is scary, man. That is, I've never come close to a lightning strike. That is, that sounds horrifying. Yeah, no, I, I can't describe the the primal nature of it, but but it was, it was, and then after I was like, why? Like, okay, you know, you don't like. I live on a hill, kind of on top of a hill, and it's like the deck. Like, I basically put myself out as a lightning rod to protect some cheap sofa cushions. Yeah, while wet too. I like that. Because, while wet, like know, just... by this huge oak tree and by like two umbrellas. Like I was right in between was two say, umbrellas. And you were holding an umbrella just for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah. And a weather main. Just everything. Like you just you just doubled down on it. Well I'm glad you're still here. For me too. I for one am glad you're still here. You may you may be it. Annie de Annie definitely wasn't pleased to have me back in the bedroom in that condition. When you came in and told her she was like, damn it. Just missed. <laughs> yeah. The, like we're all paid up on the life insurance premiums. That that yeah, would have been yeah. good timing. All right, man. Well, let's do a recap real quick of what's going on. I think the biggest thing that happened this last week in Indiana athletics um was the recruiting weekend that happened. It was the last recruiting weekend of June. This was a high school weekend. You're not playing AAU games yet. So a lot of the players that Indiana is recruiting, including guys like Derek Queen, the Mount Verde kid, mm -hmm. they're not playing right now because right. Mount Verde is part of that. Uh, those, those schools aren't allowed to play in those high school turn or high school summer showcases. Kenya was out watching Jamie Kaiser. Yah was out watching several guys where he was. And Jordy Holes was watching Xavier Booker. And why was it that Jordy Holes, who actually isn't a coach, why is it that he could be out there watching players in an official capacity? I think it's because one of our coaches was not there. So if you if one is not of your four, then someone else who's not an official coach can step in. So one of our coaches was not there. So Jordy Holes filled those shoes he from what i understood he got some very good experience this weekend yeah no in fact i think from reading things online it was this was the best possible scenario for this indiana recruiting the last weekend of june it couldn't have gone better for us this is how you play chess my friends this is you how get you get jordy hall's experience right now get it to him that experience <laughs> is going to pay dividends in, you know, probably less than five, six years. I mean, this experience is going to help within the next decade. So I'm happy that everybody's happy that while Tom Izzo and Matt Painter and Jawan Howard and Mike Bray and Bruce Pearl and Chris Holtman were all recruiting, that we had Jordy Holmes in the gym getting his experience. Those guys, you're wasting the first class travel. Guess what it cost us? Just some gas money to send yep. Jordy Hulls up. Just some gas money. Hey, none of none of those guys are just weeks removed from a professional basketball career, okay? Okay? So to have Jordy out there. I will say this. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Finish. Oh, uh, I, I, you froze again? Oh, so shit. I forgot what I was saying waiting. You to said you were saying none of them are um, – None of them just finished a professional career and to have Jordy Hulls out there so you can Guess what? It. Guess what? Guess what? You know what's in my hand right now? No. Let's see. Let's see if we can see it. 
I caught a fly. Look at oh. that. It's on my thumb. Well, you gotta. That's a slow ass fly. And why there is he? There he is. I got him again. Why isn't he flying away? That I, that was some Mr. Miyagi shit I just pulled live on air. It, it, we're not live on air, though, Ward. You and I are. Now, everybody else watching this and listening to it, it's going to be taped. But, like, that yeah. was not, that was not movie magic. You just no, saw that, that happen. I mean, you couldn't see it, but it was not movie magic. But I showed you the fly, app, like, as I opened my pole. I feel like you've had a live fly in your hand since the beginning of the podcast just to do that bit. But that was in this hand. This one I caught. Mm, got it. Makes You're sense. not impressed at all. I caught I a fly live on air. I am impressed. I try to catch <laughs> flies all the time, and I am impressed. I am impressed. Thank you. Uh, not as impressed as I was with Indiana making the strategic decision to get Jordy Hall's experience recruiting, but you still seem, impressed. Uh, look, I don't want to read too much into this. You seem skeptical about this strategy. No. Nope. I love it. <laughs> Boom. It's all locked in. It's all locked in. Less is more, baby. Less is more. I'll say this. All that matters is results, Right. So all that matters is results. I don't care how we get them. Hey, if Jordy Holmes wants to recruit the rest of the summer and we get the recruits that we need to have another top class in 2023, then keep rolling. What the hell does anybody else know? Let's roll. Look, I'm, I am not as against what happened this weekend as many, at least on the Peaks board. That's really the only temperature I can take is on the Peaks board. I'm not really on Twitter or anywhere else where people may be critiquing or praising this strategy. Um, uh, but y when when you look at uh, the guys we're in with, going all the way now to the class of 25, and when they're talking about the class of 25 in-state potentially being like the best in a decade, I just feel like, look, you've been following recruiting a lot more closely, a lot longer than I have. But to me, I don't ever remember a time when there's – there's so many like top 50 guys for the next three recruiting classes that we're in a conversation with. And, and to me, you know, look, we'll still see how many of those guys can close, you know, and how often certain coaches need to be there to close those. Obviously we're all really happy with this recruiting class, but I'm talking about the next three, but it just seems like the, the pieces are, are being put into place where we're talking to several of the top guys from 23, 24 and 25. And all we need to do is get three or four of them every year. And, and you know, this thing's going to keep rolling. Yeah, that's all we got to do. Just get three or four of them every year. So let's see what happens. I, you know, I, I don't know. Here's what I do know. My, my eyes roll back into my head when I read anybody writing about a 2025 kid. I mean, they well, really you were the one I getting mad about those 25 kids a, a few months ago that we weren't uh, treating them the right way and approaching no, 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 them the right no, no. way. We, we need to invest and do what needs to be done, but I don't want to pay attention to it. I don't. But the staff better. But I don't want to read about it. I just can't get excited about it. I, there's too there's too much to focus on with 2023 and then 24 and the current team that I honestly just cannot get excited about those guys. But I trust that the people being paid 3.2 million dollars a year are figuring out that they what they have to do to stay invested in those guys and not fall behind. I just when I read tweets about. Oh, this kid did unbelievable. Wait, what year is he? 2025. That will be Woody's fifth year coaching. It's just very hard for me to get excited because chances are a 2025 recruit plays longer than Woody will be in Indiana. 
I mean, it's just nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. It's like, it's just a very difficult thing for me to get excited about. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I think if it wasn't that there had been sort of a, a, a lack of top end talent, it seemingly, and like, look, there's these conversations out there right now of how high school basketball has gotten so much better, so much deeper, uh, so much more competitive in the South. And that maybe Indiana's uh, golden years of being a hotbed of high school hoops because of the level of coaching and just the the per capita interest, you know, is going to ultimately lose out to bigger population centers. So I I am excited that there are some some really top end guys yeah. that we're looking at a few years from now. It'd be, it'd be nice maybe if we had the inside track on the on the top end guy for this coming year, but we'll see. There's still a little time left in that horse race. We'll see how that one goes. But I tell you what, I am excited as hell about. What's that? I'm excited to tell about two things. Yeah. The first, and we've waited on this. We forgot to do it, but we are powered by communitycars.com. Sponsor of the engines talk with All right. You want to know? Here's a testimonial. The last two days, I've driven like 400 miles. Mm-hmm. In what car? A community cars. Dot com car. That's but, what. But that car's like... gotten me up and down mountains. Oh, yep. Sorry. Well... <laughs> yep. I, I was gonna say. I was gonna set you up for that. I was like, but just normal city driving, right? Just putting around the neighborhood, right? And then you That's were gonna right. launch into like, no, no, national park yeah, driving up mountains. Normal, normal city driving. If you consider normal city driving, climbing eight thousand feet into the air on a windy mountain road in a Chevrolet Suburban. Mm. And I'm only doing it because that car's powered by communitycars.com. And you know how easy it was for me to get up and down that mountain? It was even easier to get the car from communitycars.com. Full internet. Use Prodigy if you want. I mean, they probably still have a Prodigy account. That's probably still active. MySpace if you want. Friendster. I think they're, they're still, they just want to make sure if any of those things make a comeback, they're still on board. You know, the thing is, they're our, our sponsor, right? Did you hear anything I just said? Did you hear yeah. anything I just said? Yeah, I heard I heard you, all of it. You were looking at you were looking at me like, just get just be done with it. Just be Well, done. I mean, that's true. That's true. I mean that that's how I was feeling. I'm like, didn't exactly hide that well. But uh, but I guess part of it is because that you you were just making up lies about our title sponsor. And I was just waiting for you to be done so I could acknowledge that that was just a, a bed of lies and nothing, none of that was true, except for the part of it being an incredible car and really easy to buy one, whether it be in person or online, just not through any of the outdated platforms you'd mentioned. That's, they're, not, they're not on Friendster, Eric. You're right. They aren't. <laughs> but they are on the Internet. They are on phone. They are on email. And they are old school in person. They are huge supporters of the IU basketball program and IU athletics as a whole. They're huge supporters of NIL. And if you're going to be in the market to buy a car anywhere in the Continental 48, and we're, our investigation is still ongoing on whether it's Continental 48 or, or the entire 50. Well, and, and by investigation, you mean we just talk about it on these intros and then we, we, we just let it lie. And we hope that maybe Evan will send us a text to clarify. Exactly. That's what I mean by investigation. Uh, wherever you are, if you're in the market to get a car, go through communitycars.com. You're supporting Indiana University. 
You're supporting a company that supports Indiana University. You're supporting a family that stood by Indiana University through good times and bad times for a long time now. So community cars, we are very excited about, but not as excited as we are about next year's basketball team. Woo, buddy. Woo, buddy. Did you like that transition? Yeah, I, I was. This time, I was distracted by how many times you pointed your finger. I think you just broke some sort of. Uh, yeah, boy. I mean, it's normally rude, but I can just tell you're really excited. So pointing your finger is fine. What? What is? What is? Uh, the the incredible brand new enthusiasm for next year's basketball team. I mean, look. I think we've all been. This has been building in all of us for some time. But you feel like the way you presented it is like you got some new reason to be excited. Well, they've released who our Big Ten home and aways are, so okay. we know who that is. Mm-hmm. We know that we have three marquee games in North Carolina, Kansas, and Arizona. Yeah, We're going to be in the Gavit games. That hasn't been announced. It may be announced by the time this runs tomorrow, truthfully. Uh, that it, That's solidified, and it's been now two full weeks of the team practicing. Mm-hmm. And our guest today gets to fill us in on what the hell's been happening in those workouts. So all that has just led to me just being super excited about next year. And whenever we get any nuggets from workouts or insight from especially the guy that we're gonna talk to today, it just ups the excitement level to just let's play some damn basketball. And it makes me even more excited that in August, we get to see them. Because the Hoosier Fan Fest and who, I'm sorry, the, yes, the Hoosier Fan Fest and the Hoosier Fantasy Experience is happening the whole weekend. HoosierFantasyExperience.com, HoosierFantasyExperience.com. Sign up for the golf outing, play with legends like Ted Kitchell, Mike Woodson, play with current coaches and Brian Evans, Dane Fife, play with current coaches, Woody, Walsh, Kenya, Yasir, all of them playing in the golf outing, one of which makes that announcement in the interview coming up, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fantasy Camp, the greatest experience you will ever have as an Indiana basketball fan. The Fan Fest, women's camp for the the women's basketball team running it for uh, boys grades one to six and girls grades one to eight. Go to HoosierFantasyExperience.com, your first chance to see what all this noise is about in August, August 18th and 21st. That's all I got to say. Ward, tee up our guest. Everybody, before they clicked play, saw who the guest is. So he knows he needs no real introduction from me. But this guy is equal parts fun and equal parts dead serious. And I think it's a wonderful combination for uh, a man in his position, which is a new position, which you make very clear in his real introduction. Uh, But look, like you said, every time we talk to this guy, um, I'm fired up. Because I know he's behind the scenes, pulling the levers, getting the absolute most out of this team. And one year into the Coach Woodson experiment, which very much includes this man, um, I couldn't be happier with the results. So let's talk to him about what he's learned, what's going on right now, and what he's looking forward to as this journey continues. That was professional. That sounded good. It, It felt pretty good. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's back. He's back with us today. We're going to talk about a bunch of fun stuff with this fun guy. Eric, that's all I got. I'm keeping it very vague because they didn't look at the title of the show and they have no idea who this gentleman is. He has quickly become 
What? Oh, last time I was getting a haircut. See, I need a haircut, and I was going to get one, but my haircut is at eight. Oh, you've got a haircut tonight at eight? Yes. I love it. We get the pre-haircut. I don't know what they're going to cut exactly. Oh. Well, yeah, you need a shave. You need yes. a shave. You need a trim. We are talking to a gentleman who hails from Atlanta, Georgia, where he attended and started Douglas High School in Atlanta, Georgia. He was all state. He led the team to the semifinals in the 93-4A state tournament. He played at, and the only reason I'm saying this is because I just want to say the name. He played at the number one ranked Okaloosa Walton Junior College in Florida. Did I pronounce that right? It's too much, man. You don't have to do all that. <laughs> Did I pronounce it right? You did. That was, right. that was so long ago, many moons ago. It was. All right. And then he went to Oregon and did a whole bunch of other stuff. And finally, he found his way to Indiana University, where we do have to update his resume because mm-hmm. he is no longer assistant coach at oh. Indiana University. He <laughs> is associate head coach at Indiana University. Ladies and gentlemen, one of our favorite guests of all time. Congratulations on the promotion. Please welcome Coach Yasir Roseman. Love you guys, man. Y'all hilarious. <laughs> hey, big promotion. How does that feel? Does it feel different? You know what? It does just because you have someone that believes in you. Hmm. Um, Woody puts a lot on us as coaches. You know, he's always saying, what did I hire you guys for? You know, I hired you guys to coach. I didn't hire you guys just to recruit. Um, obviously, that's a big part of what we do. But he he gives us a lot of responsibilities. And with a lot of responsibilities, it it gives you more confidence in what you do. It gives you more confidence in that he believes in you, that you can do some of the things that he asks you to do. You know, so that's he's probably one of the first head coaches, maybe the second head coach that has given me, you know, this much reign as far as things that, that you do on the court, off the court. Um, so it's just it's it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to be working for a guy like that. What's something you got to do on the court coaching up these guys? Uh, maybe that you hadn't done before, like an aspect of the game maybe you um, picked up and you were able to share that was new over the last year? I mean, the biggest thing, Woody, Woody is, is big on the guys hearing different voices. So some, some days he'll be like, all right, you got practice. Mm. You know, same with King. You know, you guys got practice today. And that, that never happens. And mm. he'll interject when he needs to interject, but he knows when his voice has been heard a lot so it's like, I want to give them a different voice. You guys handle it. You know, I've been on them pretty hard. I've been on them pretty hard. I've been riding them pretty hard. I want you guys to be positive with them. You guys have practice today, but make sure it's positive. You know, those are the things that Coach Woodson does. Well, you know, it's funny. It brings something up that we heard from, I think it was from Pat Knight, Bob Knight's son, when we talked to him, that, you know, Coach was obviously legendary for his blow-ups and how intense yeah. he was. Yeah. But apparently... Like he would, when Pat was his assistant too, coach knew that he had three times a year, three times a season where he could go crazy at them. And that was it because he knew if he went more than that, it was diminishing returns. And, and so there was a time where like it was halftime and coach was ready to go in. And Pat was like, coach, uh, you've already used up two and it's just November. So you better (laughs) just, you might want to save it, but it is, like the great coaches have a very good sense of when they've gone a little too hard at times and you need yeah. to, you know, you need to go the other way as well. No 
No and doubt. Coach, that's got to be an interesting lesson to learn for you as a young coach, just, just kind of learning and picking things. No doubt. No doubt. It's, I mean, you learn so much from Coach because he has a different aspect. Being from the NBA, you know, a lot of times in the NBA you're managing. Right. But when you ask people about Woody, he coached. He didn't just manage. He coached guys. Like, hey, I don't care how much money you make. So he was actually one of the few guys in the NBA that managed and coached. You know, he's dealt with different egos. So how he reacts to some things, he always telling us, don't panic on me. Everything going to be fine. You know, so he has that because he's been in so many games, because of, at the level he's been at with the type of guys he's been around, he always tells us we'll be fine and don't panic. So just learning those type of lessons from him has just been great, to be honest with you. There's so much we want to get into. What do you think, Eric? Do we talk about this, the season that was? Do we want to talk about what's going on right now? I think we've done enough of last season at this point. Don't you? you? Yeah. But, but, but Ward, before we go to that, I just want to ask one question, just staying in this pocket on, on working with Woody. Sure. And talking about you know how much leeway he gives you and authority he gives you. I doubt that that happened immediately. That that is something that you earn with trust and you build a relationship. I guess I guess I am talking about last season a little bit now, but was there a moment in last season where you felt like, okay, I'm in a rhythm now. I I learned how to work with him because that everybody was new to each other last year. I mean, you didn't really know Kenya, you know, Kenya didn't know Woody, you know, I mean, it, and obviously not to belabor the point, but it didn't all work out either. So, but but that happens. Um, How was that progression for you? And when did you feel like you, you got to a place of, of comfort in some way? Um, It's funny because he always challenges you. He's always trying to challenge you. So I think it was at a point where he challenged me and I was, I didn't agree. And he was like, it's okay to, you know, it's okay for us to go back and forth. My ideas may not always be the right answer. And um, it was one day just, it just kind of happened naturally, man. It just, and I'm kind of a natural talker, leader, you know, dominant voice sometimes. So he kind of just, you know, let me lead. And he does that with all of us. Like, he always says this. He's, he's like, somebody had to give me an opportunity. I didn't do this all alone. So why not give you an opportunity? Why not give you guys an opportunity? You know, someone gave me that. Larry Brown gave me the opportunity. He gave me the opportunity to coach. So if he he hates when people say experience, you know, it, it goes back with Brian Walsh, you know, like, oh, you don't have experience. He don't have, well, hell, how does he gain experience? <laughs> has he, has he not worked hard enough to get the opportunity? Has he not done the things that he needs to do just because this other guy over here is experienced in doing this, but this guy right here, he's worked just as hard as this other guy. This guy may have a couple of years on him, but okay. If I don't give him an opportunity, who will? So that's kind of how coach is. So it really wasn't a particular time, a particular moment. It was just, just kind of happened. Now, if you don't know what the hell you're talking about, he'll let you know. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, and look, like, I think it's so valuable, as you alluded to, having these different perspectives. You have your whole history, your past, your point of view, your influences that you're bringing, and you're looking at the team on the floor. I'm wondering from the time the team first took the court in the Bahamas till, well, let's skip what happened in Portland and just talk about like Dayton, right? You know, Portland was fine. Portland was fine. That's that's a part of our growth. Sure, it was. It was. Um, But but let's say you know there was a, a lot of really exciting, fun games leading up to Portland. 
what did you see in the evolution of this team um, from the beginning of the season to end that, that caused it to go in such a fun direction when it was all said and done? I think Xavier really, really matured. I think the maturation of Xavier, as you know, down the stretch, he played really, really well. And then I also think that Trace just something clicked in him during the Big Ten tournament to where it was like, we're not going to lose. You know, so um, and then as as a whole team, man, these guys, they never folded. They lost five in a row at one point in time. And they always came back, worked hard. You knew they were trying. You know what I mean? They wanted to win so bad. Like they just they just wanted to win. So I just think it was just. You know, obviously Xavier and just these guys togetherness. And they I, I think I tell you that told you guys this before when I first got they've been through a lot. Yeah. You know, they've been through a lot. They've been booed. And they lost their coach. You know, and this is kind of the same group of guys, you know, a few of the same guys. So and most of them are from the Midwest. Most of them were from Indiana. So it's like, hold on, man, we gotta try to pull together and win. So I think that part of our togetherness of our team, man, it just just pushed us through. Well, look, I know you won't pat yourself on the back for this, but we will. Uh, you work pretty heavily with the guards on the team. You I spend do. a lot of time with the the point guards yeah. and, and the guards, and that includes Xavier. Xavier's yeah. maturation and evolution did not happen by accident. No. It happened with a ton of coaching. It uh, is. It and, and, and you are a huge part of that, and we know Woody was a huge part of that too, was setting yeah. very high yeah. expectations for his point guard. But can you talk a little bit about your relationship with X and just um, what was it about this year that allowed him to mature? What what clicked for him from from both a, an emotional standpoint, let's say, or intellectual and a basketball standpoint? I think just understanding how to play the position for a guy that's been an NBA coach. You know, it, it a lot of times what happens to kids, especially when they train, it's not their fault. They've just never been taught. And I think what coach demanded from him as a point guard, he didn't understand it in the beginning. You know, X was used to having the ball, playing free, throwing the ball all over the place, you know, things of that nature, not understanding the game. So we put so much pressure on him to watch film. And he did it. Watch film. He got in the gym. You know, I'm usually good cop with him. King's kind of bad cop with him. You know? <laughs> and so, then what's Woody? Woody is in between. Okay. What All right. what, what, that, that, that's the greatest thing about coach, man. Like he knows when to ride you and get on you. Then he knows when to take the brakes off. Mm, you know, okay. Now he rolled X pretty hard, but X. X it, is the kind of guy who looks like that takes that really well. Takes, like, takes you know, because he, yeah. he's, he's, he's hard on himself. Like when he was having those games, man, bad games, like he, he was hard on himself. And I just kept telling the man, like, look, it's going to happen. You just got to keep working. You got to keep understanding. It's not easy. Playing this position is not easy. That's the hardest position to play on the court. You know, you're the most visible. You have the ball in your hands most of the time because we don't, we didn't have this great ball handler. So you always have the ball. So you're going to have some turnovers. You just got to be able to rein in your emotions and, you know, I'm trying to get him to lead. And I think down the stretch, he got it. He started to see it, you know, and it takes some guys longer than others. And, and I think that's how that's why we were able to be successful down the stretch. I really do. I am wondering with you now being in the the presence of this NBA mind, mm -hmm. what is something 
maybe really specific, even schematically about the game, or it could be more philosophically that that you really took from your first year under Coach Woodson, and now it's a part of you and how you coach. Um, just his defense and being able to just do things on the fly, like draw things up on the fly. You know, those guys in the NBA, man, they they could draw up a play in two seconds. You know, his mind is always going. You know, he's always thinking about basketball. Always, always, always. Now, he knows when to taper off. He's not, like, around here talking about basketball all the time. You know what I mean? But he's always thinking. If you go around and look at the whiteboards, anywhere where his whiteboards are, you got plays on it. You know, that's Mm -hmm. something that I picked up from him. And just our defense. Like, we don't play defense traditionally like most people do. And when we first got here, even us as college coaches, we were like, man, come on. There's no way this is going to work. But, you know, at the end of the day, hey, you the boss. We got to roll with it, you know. And then we started to see. And then we just started to see. And we was like, well, damn, it does work. It works. So his All right, so listen, uh, we're stupid, okay? The two of us combined are real stupid. We add up to one stupid person. (laughs) And so when you say (laughs) – we don't play wait, defense. Wait, wait, no. We add up to two stupid people. <laughs> See, we can't even agree on this math. <laughs> but when you say we don't play defense the traditional way, can you, in stupid man terms, tell us a little bit what that what that means and some what of, what is it that you do that's different? Some of our schemes are very, very different. They're they're just like NBA. You know what I mean? So there, it took our guys a while to kind of pick it up. Like maybe the way we play out of a double team, which is Xing on the on the opposite side, the way we force guys. You know, I don't want to give you too much. You know, what okay, I mean? fair and, enough. Fair you enough. You know, where we force guys to. So it's different than all the things that I had ever heard. You know what I mean? Mm. Instead of forcing the guy sideline or to the middle, we kind of try to force guys up. So just things of that nature. So just from a schematic standpoint, he does things different, kind of like NBA way. And how long did that take you to just internalize that so that you could coach it in, in, you know, Um, it's one thing to just know that you have to be in lockstep with your boss, but it's another to internalize it so that when you're on the court, you're able to in the moment coach a guy correctly. Just just watching film, listening to him. I mean, we, we, we meet a lot, you know, well, we meet long. We don't meet a lot. We meet long. And when we meet and we're talking about basketball, you know, so you just kind of start picking it up. Then you start seeing it. Then, you know, he's, He's very, very detailed in what he wants. And he's detailed in how he want, wants you to teach things. He wants everybody to kind of be on the same page. And, I mean, you guys know this. You guys have worked in corporate America. You guys, corporate America, so you guys both know. You're not all always agree with your boss. Well, maybe you haven't. Maybe you guys haven't. Ward <laughs> in have, corporate America okay, do not well, mix. Okay. Ward. Uh, Too know, many P-tests. You probably – okay, well, you're probably the boss, so – People are not always going to agree with you, you know, <laughs> but if you're going to be a team, you know, you, you got to buy into whatever the boss wants to do. Yeah. So, okay, I got to learn this. So you watching film, you like, and then as you see it working and then as you, as you know, you gain more confidence in teaching it, you know, away you go. And then how exciting is that? You got some new guys coming in. So, so now you and Kenya and Brian, he was around it. And even your older players, like how much faster is the learning curve going to be for the new guys now that all of you know where coach is coming from? Well, it should be easy because we got guys from last year. Right. 
So they already know it. So they're usually first in the group when, we, when we're doing things, even this summer, the things that we're doing, they're first. So they're learning from those guys so they can, they can see it from them. They can hear it from us. So there is, they're actually in a great situation. So you spent a lot of time with Christian Lander. You spent a lot of time with Rob Finnessy. Rob gave us four years uh, and we love Rob and we love Christian too. It just didn't work out, but is it personally disappointing for you? Do you, is there a sadness when something like that doesn't work out where you give so much of yourself to that kid? It's, it's a sadness, but I, you also want what's best for the kid. You know, I think for Rob, let's just go Rob for a second. I think it was good for him to get a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it was, I was so happy for him, the Purdue game. Mm-hmm. You know, he had beat Purdue. I think he has, you know, he had a good career. He probably didn't have the career that everybody thought he would have, which is fine. It happens. You know what I mean? In this recruiting thing, people get so excited about the numbers that's next to the names and all that type of stuff. Hey, man, until when the, until the ball goes up, you don't know what these kids going to do. I mean, you right. see them in high school, but I, I always say this, and I'll say this forever to I don't care how long I'm coaching. It is different playing at this place. It is different. Everybody can't play. Even guys that are really, really talented, they can't play. So even now in recruiting, I'm looking for guys that, okay, can you play in this bubble? You know, because these fans, they know it. They love it. They're going to talk about it. It is what it is. You got to kind of have some thick skin and you got to be able to get through it. So, how, do you, how do you identify that in the recruiting process? I mean, I try to identify with toughness, togetherness, team, because – the one thing I always say about Indiana fans, they're knowledgeable basketball people. You know, they, they know basketball. They know good basketball. Now, do, are they mad when you lose and all these types of Yes. But they know when you're playing good basketball. You know what I mean? They, they, they know. <laughs> I, I, would, I would go one step further. I think what's more appropriate – we know bad basketball because we've yeah. seen a lot more of that over the yeah. last 20 years. how old you are, really. <laughs> I, I, I always defend you guys. And I, I always say this, and I say this a lot, and I've said it to some some guys that have been here, old-time guys that have been around here, man. It's, it's hard to sustain something that a guy had going for 29 years. Right. And then after that, you've had probably seven, eight coaches. Six, you guys would know the number. Davis, Sampson, Crean, Archie. So yeah, four. I mean Woody's the fifth. You don't want yeah. to throw you don't want to throw a dockage in there. No, yeah. no. So you've had so you've had four coaches. Whereas when you look at those programs that that where we were with those guys, they didn't. They never had much turnover. Right. And the turnover was just one guy. Dude, one guy. Kansas, one guy. North Carolina. Maybe two. Right. One, right. Yeah, but Roy guys. was there long enough that it exactly. Exactly. So yeah, those, Villanova, Jay Wright. Villanova, same thing. Yeah. Those guys were there. So it's it, it, it's 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 hard to maintain it. So yeah, it probably wasn't what you guys were used to. You know what I mean? Bad basketball, whatever you want to call it, but just not having that culture. You know, Coach and I had a damn culture around here. You knew what you were doing when you came here, what you were trying, and that's what we we're trying to build. So we kind of got off kilter. We all no, no, but go yeah. back. You were saying about Rob. Let's go back to Rob. Like, yeah. Rob had a good uh, – Rob had, had a, a good, solid career, but it was time for career. him to go. I think Rob had a great career. I think he had a great career here. He had the best career that I think he could have here. 
um, I'm ha- I was happy to see him. Like, it was a sense of relief. Like, whew. you know, Rob would have stayed, I think. I think he would have stayed, but I-, I think he was just more like, you know, man, I- maybe I need to do something new. You know, mm-hmm. go somewhere new, you know, with-, with all the NIL opportunities and all that stuff that's going on now. You know, he went to Cincinnati, somebody that he knew, Mike Roberts. So, you know, I wish him well. Um, Christian, that one hurts because I feel like Christian still could have been successful here. Mm. I just don't think he was patient enough, which I understand. I understand it's hard to sit on the bench and not get minutes. That's just hard. You know, I don't care who it is, you know, but talent-wise wasn't the issue. It wasn't his talent, you know, because he was talented enough. And Kirsch is not a bad kid. He goes to school, got great grades. You know what I mean? It was just kind of figuring it out still trying to figure out how to play the position, which is not an easy position to play in college. You know, coming from where you got the ball, you can kind of do whatever you want to do. You know, it's different. Yeah, you need to be able to do those things and make plays. It's got to make plays for other guys. So seeing him go kind of hurt me. But I think he – and it hurt me from a standpoint of I wanted to show him some different things outside of basketball. Mm-hmm. And have nothing to do with basketball. It's really outside of basketball. Some things that I think can help him. You know, Christian's a good-looking guy, smart guy. You know, some things he could have done different, you know. But I still, you know, text him every once in a while. I try to I try to stay in contact with him. He, he, I think he is a little bit bitter about the way his stuff went here, mm-hmm. you know. So down the line, I think, though, he'll be fine. And we'll, I'm sure we'll continue our friendship. When you look at the totality of last season – what what do you think was your and I, I know we're not we're not going to keep harping on last. Season. I know it's funny we said we're not going to that we just keep talking about last <laughs> but year. But I I think it's to set it up where we are now and where we hope to be moving forward. You know what was what was the biggest surprise for you after being a coach at Indiana University for a year coming out coming out that first season where where were you like well I wasn't expecting that good or bad. Uh, I didn't. Let me see. What was unexpected? I mean, it's one thing to say, like, to be an opponent here at Assembly, but it's another thing to be in Assembly coaching at NEM. Like, it was a shock. It was a surprise. Mm-hmm. And then going to other arenas, seeing how many NEM fans we had. <laughs> I mean, everywhere we went, Syracuse. I mean, we got Indiana fans in there. You know, that's not normal. You know, that's not normal. So I think that was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, well, on that, you, do you want to just talk about what it was like to be a coach for IU when Purdue came to town and that freaking game? You know what? I'm going to be totally honest with you because it was my scout. I had no – my dad had came into town uh, with my little brother. But I'm telling you, like, I had my whole focus because Brian was my scout par- partner, me and Brian. And I had – I didn't think nothing – I didn't care what was going on outside of anything. I wanted to beat them so bad. So I was just entrenched in beating Purdue. How in the hell can we beat Purdue? Obviously, it was going to take the guys making some plays because I think the guys made great plays. Um, but I was just so entrenched in it. Like, because that's all everybody talked about. And I, and I kept looking at it, and I'm like, damn, I know we can beat these guys, man. It's got to be a way to beat them. You know, and I, and I even went back and looked at film of why we lost, and the, we had some close games. We had, so I was just like, so I was just so interested in that deal, man. Like I, I couldn't even tell you what was happening around me. 
because I was just on it. Wow. I, I, it's a funny thing because, look, we played really well, but we needed a great play to be made yeah. at the end of that game to win no that doubt. game. We did. But when you go to Mackey, which is a very difficult place to play, play Ooh, because it's a shithole and damn in the middle loud. of shit central. It's loud. It, it's awful. It's just <laughs> awful. But, but we played good basketball up there. We did. And, and had a chance to win that game. And then, you know, look, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. We, we, yeah. we had a mental lapse at the end of that game, yeah, you know. But, but it's been a long time since Indiana's gone to Mackey. And we've thought in the last five minutes. Hold on one second. Hold on. This is Xavier. What up, man? My man said you put the on song. Oh. Not me. See, it wasn't me. He said, I said, yeah. Yeah. Bye, man. <laughs> I love X. I love it. Yeah. Um, but it's been a long time since Indiana's gone to Mackey and given fans a reason to believe that we can actually beat these guys up there. And we absolutely could have beaten them up there. No, I mean, we, we had a real chance. It did feel like that Purdue game at home was one thing, but going to Mackey and having a real chance to win, even though we lost, it did feel like that was part of this team changing and yeah. and evolving and becoming something else that led hey, into the hey, Big Ten tournament. If you really look at it, if you really just go back and kind of, because I know you guys, you guys watch every game twice. We were, we were in pretty much every game except for probably the Michigan and Illinois game. Michigan State second half. Michigan State second half. You know, we but we we made a run. Yeah. We yeah. made a run and I think we took the lead. In Michigan second. State? Yeah, I think we took the lead for a second. In the yeah. second half? Yeah. I don't remember. We I made a run. That. Okay. We made, we made a run. But we you're was, right. There were only a couple games. Really Michigan and yeah. and then that Illinois game yeah. that we were at. Thank you. We were at. <laughs> yeah. And we were like these guys, man, like the whole year. We just kept telling them, man, we're right there, man. We're not playing bad basketball. We got to make a shot here or there, make a play here and there. And that's winning. That's how you win. You know, we just have to make some plays here and there. So, like, when we look back at the season, obviously we finished in ninth place. So I'm not going to sit up here and act like we just – you know, we shot, you know, we finished in life. We got to do better. But these guys got the opportunity to taste something that they had to taste. And teaching guys how to win is probably the hardest thing that we had to do. You know, winning ways. You know, coach did something at, during the season, man, that no coach would have ever done. They were talking never, about Northwestern? Yes. They were never he, No other coach that I've worked for, maybe one other, Mark Fox, would have done that. Would have just, you know what I mean? So – were you surprised by that at the time because of the situation that the team was in or knowing what do you, did you know that that's how it was going to go? No, I knew. I mean, we just, I mean, we got to build a culture around here. You know, we got to, you know, you got to make a statement. This is what we're about. We're about basketball. We're about basketball and books, all the other extra stuff, you know, obviously they're college students, they're going to make mistakes. So you don't want to just kill them. I mean, hell, come on, man. We all made mistakes. Right. No one's perfect. Hell, we still make mistakes as adults. So you didn't want to kill them. But you had to teach them a lesson. You know what I mean, sometimes you have to take things away from them that they love so much. So just it, maybe it's be monetary, momentary. But at the end of the day, just trying to teach them lessons too, because we still got to teach lessons. Yeah, it's about winning basketball games, but we got young men that we got to teach because everybody, you know, everybody in that locker room not going to the NBA. Right. So we're gonna have to figure out how to be a part of a team. They're gonna have to figure out corporate America, owning their own business, like all that stuff is important. 
So. So something was unlocked, like this winning mentality. And I think a lot of that, maybe it did come with the maturation of X with Trace just becoming the supreme alpha we know he's all capable of. But I think a lot of the excitement around this offseason is, uh, well, there's several reasons for it. But I think one is this whole narrative of last season, it was defense, defense, defense. We got to get this defense implemented because that's going to be how we stay in games. And that's how you stayed in games. And you ended up having the best defense in the Big Ten in year one of you guys being in there. So what, what are you starting to see on the offense, on that side of things, that you can reveal? that that is is now maybe going to unlock the the points the shooting perhaps in a way we didn't get to see last season at least not till the 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 latter stages i think you know guys understand now there's a difference between making shots in meaningful games and non-meaningful games Mm. you know we had a lot of guys on our team no knock to them some of our transfers where they came from, they didn't take mean, meaning, meaningful shots in games. You know, sometimes it's in blowouts. So at the end of the day, just getting them to understand how to make those shots in those games. And I just think they'll make those shots now. Like, and they're working. Like, they're working their ass off because they hear it. They know. I mean, hell, this deal, this deal right here, <laughs> it's, it's, it's serious. It's a serious critic. So those guys here, they're in there working on their shots. They're working hard. Our guys have just come back. You can just kind of feel that, okay, you know, we got something here, you know, and we keep preaching, and I preach it a lot, it's culture. You know, I just keep preaching culture because I remember wanting to go to Indiana as a kid. You know what I mean? I watched Indiana as a kid. So those guys that won those five championships, those guys that won the Big Ten, even when um, Cream was here, there was a culture. Mm-hmm. You may not have liked Cream style. You may not have liked how he done things. But at the end of the day, there was a culture. You know, there's a culture of winning that he built for those couple of years. You know, so that's what we're trying to build, our own culture. We're trying to get the culture back. So much of that culture, especially during the Cream years, but even during Coach Knight's years, it's a little bit of a chicken or the egg because, yes, you have to establish what the culture is from a coaching perspective, but you better go get players that oh, are yeah. going to buy into that culture and, well, that's, and, kind and that's, of, right? That's our job. Yes. That's our job. So, like, sometimes we look at these recruiting rankings and you'd be like, ah, it's like, no, he can't play. He can't play for Wood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's not going to be about the right stuff. Indiana is a fun campus. It's a fun campus. So you got to get guys that can function on campus too. You know, right. it's a lot that goes on there. It's a lot that goes on on campus, on all campus. I mean, you look back at some of the stuff that happened to Michigan State and all those things, like you'd have never known none of that stuff happens. So those are the things you got to think about now too when you're recruiting guys, man. Like, yeah, we it may be a guy that's a top-ranked player. He's a can't-miss NBA guy, but can he fit the culture? Can he fit Indiana? Can he function in Bloomington? You know, so – well. Do you to have that to become end. like I was like? Do you have to kind of become a private eye because everybody in that guy's circle is going to tell you all the things you want to hear? Well, you got to investigate. You got to do your own investigation. But as as I've gotten older, those are some of the things that I've learned. You know what I mean? So it's it takes time because you know when you first get into this profession, hey man, just get him, get him. You want to get this guy? You want to get the top ranked guy? You want people to talk about this and that? And like that's not important. Do those guys fit? Like the guys we have now, they fit. They fit a culture. They can come in with these guys, knowing what these guys have done, knowing what Trace and Race have done, 
and they can add their games to it. And they come from a culture. Mount Bird was is a great coach. Kayla's mom is probably harder on him than anybody that's going to be hard on him. So he comes from good pedigree. CJ is an Indiana kid, so he understands what it's like to be Indiana, you know, at Indiana and an Indiana kid. So they fit, you know, Woody's culture, what what Woody's trying to be here, they fit the culture. And, you know, I think they'll be good for us. Do you think um, – I want to talk about some of the specific ones, but do you think you learned – Look, we've talked to you a few times and you've talked so much about identifying the right kind of kid that can play at Indiana. And it's funny because each time we talk to you, I think you add another piece as you learn more and more. You like you add another piece of what it means to be that, which is good. You're refining it. But clearly there were some players that we got last year that didn't fit, you know. Um, Okay, but then you have to this how you have to look at that. So none of us knew Woody. Right. No, that that's kind of my had, point. Is yeah, that just part of the learning roster. process? Yeah, you had to fill a roster. Um, and I don't even think those guys didn't really fit. Cause I think I mean, I think coach would tell you, man, those guys weren't bad guys. They helped us out. You know, and some of those guys we would have had back. So it wasn't like we wouldn't have had them back, you know. What I mean, because it takes a year to, to learn, you know, learn what we want, learn what guys want, but you know. Sometimes you need to go off and kind of do your own thing, but you, you, you're right. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I, you have to be somewhat diplomatic and I get that. I got to know some of these kids. Look, I don't think Michael Dorr is a good, good kid. And he was really nice to me, but I don't think he fit at Indiana and what you guys were trying to do. Well, I don't think he fit. I'll say this. I think he fit. I think the biggest part with Mike was if Trace Jackson Davis is coming back, you're not going to get any minutes. Right. You're a guy that went starting. You were starting at South Florida. Now, obviously, you guys didn't want yeah, to Yeah, but it's South Florida. Yeah, but that's, it's still your starting. That's the biggest thing, you're starting. So yeah. then you come here. Like, we don't win. We don't beat Purdue without him. We don't win that game. We don't win that game at all. Like, maybe he didn't score, didn't do anything, but you got to realize Trace was hurt that game. No, I know. I, yeah, no, win. that wasn't so, Trace's finest moment. Yeah, so he was, you know, so he helped us win that game. So he helped us in games, you know, stick stick around in games and but because he was a big body. But for what he wanted to do and what he wanted, he wasn't a fit. That that's I think what I mean more than yeah. anything is like, and that I saw it. That yeah. soured him. And yeah. that's just not good to have. You don't want that. No, you don't want that no, for a kid. But every kid wants to play. Right. Like so at the end of the day, like but there's a go, difference, but yeah, don't you think there's a difference between Every kid wants to play, but not every kid expects to play. And like, yeah, no, I, every, no, 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 every kid, kid expects to play. Trust me, we got guys. But on wait, our team. like Anthony Leal, I feel like he, Anthony Leal expects Anthony expects to play. Anthony Leal wants to play the hard. Wants to play. is different. Wants to yeah, is different than, than but then can to. accept his role. Well, where, oh, is that you, different? You, okay, but you're taking a kid, and I'm just you know we're, we're debating here. You're taking a kid that. He went to this camp that we just had every year. I know. He was a Bloomington kid. You're you know, right. You're like right. That's the only thing that he ever wanted to do in life. So maybe not a fair comparison. Yeah, but don't don't make make no mistake about it though. And Lil wants to play. He plays yeah. hard. He works his ass off. He's one of the hardest workers on the team. Great, great, great teammate. And he'll never pull another teammate down because he's not playing. Right. He wants to damn play. And even Mike, he 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 always he was great. He was a great teammate, but he just wanted to fucking play. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, look, that's all right. That's all right. And, and this is. I like it. We get you riled up your yeah. person. <laughs> this is what all IU fans want this embarrassment of riches that you guys just heading into your second season have accumulated between guys you were able to retain initially, guys who are coming back, transfer portal guys, recruits. We're now talking about the kind of depth on this roster we haven't seen in a really long time. So yeah. just to, to start with the most key components of, of the roster going forward, what does it mean not only to this next season, but to establishing like permanently Woody's culture? What does it mean to have Trace and Race coming back? It's great. Because you got two guys that's been through it. You got guys that understand what it's like to be at Indiana in good times and bad times. Um, I mean, though they're great guys, man. Like they're they don't get in a whole lot of trouble. You know, they're selfless guys too. You know, I think it's funny. I think one of those guys the other day they're gonna give their checks from camp to managers that help them. Wow. Help them in workouts and stuff. You know what I mean? Those are the type of guys that they are. Wow. So you got good guys. You got really, really good guys. And they they both believe in Woody. Trace didn't believe in Woody. We all know what he could have done, you know, besides going to the NBA. So he believes in Woody. You know what I mean? Race believes to come back his sixth year. You know what I mean? You know what? Maybe I think I can do something special here. And those guys today, you know, they're the leaders. They're the leaders on the team. When we talked to Trace uh, for the podcast a few weeks ago, we saw – we're not going to get into all the details, but we we saw a different young man than we saw just yeah. a couple years ago. He, he, has, he has grown into his uh, talent, I think, a little bit more, but he's grown into what it means to be a leader and responsible for and accountable for a team. You talked a little bit about as a team, you feel like you can just feel something right now that these guys are locked in in a way that was different than last year, specifically with Trace. Do you see something different in these first couple of weeks back uh, in these summer workouts? Well, he had COVID. So, you know what I mean? So he's right. kind of been, he hasn't been himself, but he's been working his ass off in the weight room, coming early, staying late, you know, those things. Cause he has some dreams that he wants to accomplish, you know, He's a team guy, so he won't take his goals and put them over the team goals. But we all know, hell, we got to get Trace in the first round if we can. You know, Lord Wendell, we got to get him in the first round. We want him to get in the first round. You know, right. he has to do. You know, some things we got to do as far as success, too, that I think will help him also. So, but he's he's been great. And race has been phenomenal, too. Phenomenal, He's phenomenal. What, is phenomenal. <laughs> where, where's that, where is that sweet spot? of allowing Trace to do what he needs to do to go in the first round, but at the same time, he's helping your team be as good as possible. What What's that look like? And I think we already saw it on the defensive end. He's he's yeah. well on his way there. But what needs to happen at the other end for it to work for both? I mean, everybody always talk about Trace needs better hit jump shots. And I don't think I don't think that's true personally. Yeah, do we need a shot here or there? I just think he needs to just be more active. Like, Trace is a super athlete. You just got to be active. You got to look at the guys that's in the NBA who you can be like. Who can you be like in the NBA? You know, guys at his size, a guy that can run, that is athletic like him, he just has to be more active at times. Who would that's you it. Who would you comp him to in the NBA? If if he reaches his ceiling, who could he, who could he play like? 
Uh, I think he could be like Al Horford, to be honest with you. Mm, wow. I think he could be like Al Horford, and I think he can get to a point to where he can shoot jumpers like – because Al Horford, I mean, he played for coach. He, he wasn't shooting jumpers like that, and, you know, when he played for coach in Atlanta. Trust me, I was watching Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think he could be like that. Um, it's a, it's funny you say that because I was going to kind of try to put some together, guys, that, that, that are, you know, his comps here in the next couple of days, kind of sit down with him and just, you know, just rap with him a little bit. Cause I, That's great. You know, today, t- tonight will probably be tough on him, you know, because he sees some guys that his peers is going to the NBA. But at the end of the day, man, it's not the end of the world. Everybody path ain't the same. You know, you, path, go. you never know. You may have one of those years <laughs> next year, and they're like, damn, we should have took this guy last year, and they may take him this year. You may be a lottery pick. You never know how this thing is going to go. It's yeah. a lot of luck involved. Even one though my of, nephew is probably going to go number one today, Jabari Smith. I call him nephew. He's really not my nephew, but we're very, very close. Yeah, I got to tell you, it takes me <laughs> – you do a lot of tweet love for other teams and other people on other teams. Ooh. Jabari? No, you. Okay. You, hey, you retweet a lot of people from other that are like your friends. I don't like any of that. Okay. I wow. don't want you to like anything that's not – Jabari, I've worked closely with Jabari. I worked Jabari, in my- Jabari, I'll give you. Yeah, okay, you but I'm not me. entirely sure how come he played for Bruce Pearl and not Mike Woodson last year, but I guess that's, you know, something for you to deal with your, so have you ever heard of a D commitment? Nah, don't do that. Don't do that to him. You're not the only person that was mad at me though. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the only person in that building. Um, <laughs> um, let's talk about another guy who was a big part of, what unlocked at the end of that year is he started to scratch the surface on his potential Jordan Geronimo, who yeah. did a lot of good things throughout last yeah. year, but especially at the end of the year, yeah. rebounding activity. I mean, just, he came in and impacted the game. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing from Jordan in these first couple of weeks? And what do you think is the kind of player he can become? What do you want to see from him this year? I mean, he's been working hard and obviously he wants to, you know, kind of play more on the perimeter. So he's been trying to work on his perimeter skills. But again, with him, don't lose who you are because of what you hear. You know, these guys got to understand something. There's only about 14 or 15 guys in the world, in the world, that are going to be the main guy. (laughs) 14 or 15 of them. The rest of the guys, they're either rebounding, blocking shots, standing in the corner, shooting threes, standing on the wing, setting screens, you know, you, you got to understand it. And that's what we got to try to get these guys to understand. You guys, you look at certain guys, you know, you want to look at the top 15 guys, which is nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, some of those guys, God just said, boom, basketball player. <laughs> you got to understand it. You know, you have to understand that. So, okay, yeah, you want to make it to the next level. We want you to go to the next level. We want to help you reach your dreams. But just understand, don't lose who you are trying to right. be something that you've never been. Yes. Do you need to work on your shooting? Yes. Do you need to work on your perimeter play? Yes. But okay, you guys, um, he made plays last year doing what? Blocking shots, rebounding, hitting hitting occasional threes, defending. Those are the things that help teams win. Yeah, you can play the NBA for a long time if you're good at any one or two of those things. The NBA is looking for guys that, that are stars in their role. Draymond Green is a star in his role. You may OG, hate him. OG and Anobi, like you know, three and D. Like exactly. Jordan That's, could do that. Yes, he could. Now, 
you have to, your game has to mature. You have to mature up here too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Not just, okay, I'm going to go in here and work on my game and I'm going to have, you know what I mean? I got to understand offense playing on the perimeter. I got to understand defense playing on the perimeter, you know, things of that nature. So it's, but I think he'll have a great year. You know, we're just looking for Geronimo to keep growing. He's still young. He's young in basketball years because he hasn't been playing basketball that long. Don't he's also play. just young. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> I don't even mean the, the age. Like, he's yeah. just, he's a young kid yeah. and who wasn't exposed to, I think, a lot of life. You know, yeah. like, he he's learning how to be on his own. And, yeah. you know, I, I think all of that. Look, we we know, and I've this isn't talking out of school, but, like, Tamar Bates. Tamar Bates has all the talent in the world. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think he's got the body. He's got the ability. But Tamar went through some life stuff last year. Yeah, he had a kid. He yeah. had a, a close family member pass away. And that stuff impacted him. It absolutely that. impacted that, him. That's the type of stuff that impacts me and you. Right. Because we're was, humans. Because we're was, human beings. Yeah, I was scared as hell when I had my kids. Right. And so it's like, you know, and I'm 40-something years old in my career. Now, right. I, I was going through some things at that point in time in my life. But at the same time, it's like, shoot, that's that's just a lot. So, you know, and I think he fought through it. I think he fought through it for tomorrow to be back with the way things are going in college basketball is a tribute to his trust to us and trust in himself. Because you know? you're saying it would have been so easy for somebody like tomorrow to transfer like everybody yeah. else does. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the easiest thing to do now. You know, the easiest thing to do. You know, you got to recruit your own team now. Yeah. <laughs> so. But but since he has come back to Bloomington, what are you seeing? What's going What's going on with his game? I mean, he's maturing. He's maturing. I mean, he's doing everything he needs to do to have a good year. Okay. And coach, the one thing about Coach, and I think everybody understands this about him, he don't shy back from his words. We need you. We need you to play well. You know, we need you to mature. He'll tell you that. And that's honesty. And a lot of times you have coaches in this profession that lie. Mike Wilson not lying. He's going to tell you what it is. He's going to tell you like it is. And he's going to care for you. You know, the point blank period, you got to play better. You know, hell, you'll tell us you got to coach better. We got to teach better. If they don't get it, then that's on us because we got to teach better. That's our job to teach. It's funny. I seen something um, Mike Tomlin said the other day as coaches, sometimes coaches run from coaching. Hmm. Well, he couldn't do this. Well, he wasn't smart enough to do this. Oh, he couldn't do that. Well, what the hell is our job? What's our right. job? Our job is to coach. You know, so, yeah, we got to get tomorrow to play better. It's our job to get these guys to shoot better. It's, it's our job to get these guys to be confident enough to go out there in assembly, make shots. You know, our job is to get them more confidence offensively. So, I I have to think from an assistant coach standpoint, one of the most gratifying things has to be when you put your heart and soul into recruiting a kid and his family, he decides to commit to you. And then he comes to campus and you get to actually work with him. <laughs> Caleb Banks is one of the first recruits, probably the first one that you were like primary on yeah. that, mm -hmm. that came in. I know you helped a lot with Jalen and, and Malik, but, but Caleb was your relationship. You brought Caleb to Bloomington. Yeah. Uh, how cool has that been seeing seeing Caleb, who is just such a good young man, just a great yeah, kid, yeah. on campus? And what what are you seeing from him? Um, I'm hard on him. 
Yeah. Because he's yours, you think because well, I'm hard so? on him because well, because I know his mom and I know what his mom wants from him. She she hard on him too. Mm. You know, it's it's kind of it's funny, man. Like with Xavier and Kenya, Kenya's bad cop, I'm good cop. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm bad cop with, with Kenya a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm bad i'm sorry i'm bad cop with caleb right he's a good cop you know? <laughs> but just for caleb i think caleb can be special mm. like really really special like special but i understand i also understand because i work closely with him the things that hold him back so that's to see him and he, he better not see none of this because i don't want him to know it <laughs> to see him maturing him getting to work out every day, you can see his game starting to pick up. Every Even day. just in these first couple weeks? Just in the first couple weeks. Because he's able to consistently work out every day. And now he's understanding how hard he has to play. Mm. I mean, Caleb in a high school game could get 20, 28, 29 points, like, easy. He scores easy. That's one of the things that Woody liked about him. He just scores easy. He just, just – he falls in the points. <laughs> but that was against high school guys. Yeah. So now you have to understand how hard it is to score, how hard you have to play on both ends. And those are the things I think that he's starting to understand. And it's good to see him because I think he's starting to love the process. Like when he starts to love the process, I won't say anything else to him. Hmm. Because now I know you got it. You got to fall in love with the process, man, because this deal not easy. It's a hard deal. Okay. So uh, with the – the next level status of X. Uh, you got you got Jalen coming in. Great guy. What, what you, yeah, what are you seeing from, from Jalen? And how do you see those two on the court together, X and Jalen? Um, Jalen is funny. He's just coming off COVID. So, you know what I mean? He hasn't been able to work out much. But what we saw from him early on was great. And just – he just has a way about it. He just, you know, he just – he just has a way. And he's one of those guys you love coaching. He's a sponge. He's receptive to everything you say. He's always looking at you face-to-face. He works his ass off. You know, he's chomping at the bit to get back out there. Um, they'll be fine together. It'll give us two ball handlers, and it just makes us better. You know, he's just – he's going to make us better. Whatever his contribution is, I know it's going to be good, whatever it is, just because of who he is, how hard he works. He's a student of the game, and he can play. <laughs> you know, that's a good combination he, yeah he's talented. he's talented and then moving over to his teammate from mount verde uh malik one of the, the latest addition to the hoosier team what what again another kid who when he smiles it just lights up the room it's like oh, the yeah. biggest smile in the world good the, the one thing about all these guys they're great kids yeah um, malik is just he's fun to be around and i think malik gonna be one of those hoosiers that you remember Mm. He he's he can play, he can play, and obviously he he has some things that he has to learn too about playing hard all the time, and that's just normal stuff from high school guys. That's just yeah. that's just a part of it. Um, but from an offensive standpoint, he has a lot of tools, a lot mm. to be that size, you know. But just getting him to understand how hard you got to play, how how you got to move, switching on screens, it's just a lot. But you know, he gonna help. <laughs> All right. So let's let's round out the class. CJ, what are you seeing from that young man? And and I think obviously we all want to know, is is he going to be part of the 
the answer, the solution at shooting from the outside? I'll tell you what, one thing I, I can tell you about CJ. Um, CJ is a lot better than what everybody's giving credit for. Mm. You know, obviously, I got, I mean, I never look at numbers in recruiting because I really don't care because I've had guys that have been five stars and I got fired. I had a top 10 class at Oregon and got fired. All those guys are supposed to be really, really good, you know. So I don't really look at numbers. And I know CJ, quote unquote, because, you know, a lot of times on Twitter, that's what people look at. They get all the hoopla behind that. If, if he's the 120th or 15th best player, then hell, there must be a lot of damn good players out there because <laughs> CJ has some game. He has some game. Now, obviously, he got to do some maturing, you know, as far as, you know, how hard to play, like I said about most of these guys, you know. Um, I think the, the fortunate thing that Malik and Jalen had were they were at Mount Burton. You're away from your family. Their coaches are hard ass. <laughs> and they grind. Mm-hmm. It's a grind. You know what I mean? So they, it was almost like they were in college. And they're playing against better competition. The competition. They're, playing, they're playing in great competition. You know what I mean? Every night. See, you know, sometimes they play against some tiddlywinks, though. So, right, sure. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Guess, guess what, y'all? So <laughs> does Indiana. Yeah, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Hey, you have to. You have to. You know, Not money right. this year. No, yeah. no, no, no. Um, but um, I think CJ is going to surprise some people. Um, obviously, we're loaded. You know what I mean? So. I don't know who's going to play, who's not going to play. That ain't my job. That's that guy's job over there in the next office. But uh, I tell you what, he I don't think he'll be able to look to the bench this year and really say, I don't have anybody that can go in. Can, you know, one of the guys that's really that's surprising to me that he's so polarizing for fans, and we've gotten to know him pretty well, is Miller Cop. I think some people were surprised Miller Miller came back. But we had Miller on, and we talked to Kenya about this too, about how much Miller progressed defensively throughout oh, the year. A lot um, better than what people are going to give him credit for. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what Miller can bring to this team next year and what you expect from him? I tell him all the time, you you got to help Caleb. You got to mm-hmm. help our young guys. You've been through it. You know what I mean? You've been through ups. You've been through downs. You know what I mean? So you got to come in as a leader. and Hey, man, let it fly, man. Shoot the ball. Shoot it. Same thing Coach said. Shoot the ball. Shoot it and make it. You can shoot. If, Miller, if if you walked in this gym, and you guys have seen it, if you walk in the gym, you watch Miller in there working out, hell, Miller, he makes shots. But you guys got to understand something, too, and I said this earlier, there are meaningful shots. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to make meaningful shots, and I think he understands that now. You know, we hit a couple shots last year. There were some big shots in some, in some moments, you know, and I just think he's more aggressive right now, which Coach like, we all like, and – you know, I think he's going to bring – I think he's going to help us a lot. I think he's going to be different than, what you know, what we saw last year because he gets it. He understands. Hey, I got to make shots. Well, I do wonder with this almost being a psychologist, I think Miller, he wants it so bad. He's so locked in to be able to do the thing and to make shots. How do you, how do you help him not try too hard? It's funny. It's funny. Miller always asks me, he said, man, you – you never get excited, man. I, I, I make a three and, or somebody dunks and you just over there on the bench and you're pretty calm. And I'm like, because I expect it. <laughs> I mean, I'm a guy that when we're in practice, that's what we do. We practice. We I'm yelling, I'm talking in practice. When we get in the game, you know, I want you to have confidence. I want you to be free. That's just me. That's just how I 
react on the bench. And I'm trying to tell him, man, just play and relax. Most of the people that are talking to you have never dribbled, shot, or passed the ball in their life. <laughs> Most of the people that are talking about you. So at the end of the day, they don't even have the nuts or the guts to even be out there doing what you're doing. So just relax, man. Just relax, but let the work that you put in, because no one works as hard as you, the work will pay off. The work is going to pay off. You just got to relax and let it happen. If you miss one, you miss one. You can't put so much pressure. Oh, shit, I missed one. Oh, hell, the Indiana fans. Like, when you take your first shot next year, you miss it in the crowd. Oh, you know, because it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Hey, man, know that you put in enough work this summer that the next one's going to go in. It's going to go in. Like, I'm never worried about, like, going into games with scouts and things of that nature. I feel like I'm so prepared. I'm not worried. The only thing I worry about is, did I teach you guys enough? Did I did I get you guys on the level where I'm at, which you probably won't get because you won't watch as much film, but, but did I teach you guys enough to help us win the game? Period. Are you seeing in these first couple weeks the ex Xavier Johnson that ended the season last year playing at that level? What are you seeing out of X? Better. Really? Better. Better. You think, uh, and you think part of that is just that he, un, like, I keep, we keep using this phrase, but it works. He unlocked something at the end of last year, yeah. and that has he, given him he, the confidence. He's starting to understand it. He started, he understands what coach wants from that position. Coach is hard on his point guard, man. <laughs> he's hard on, but you, you notice he never went away from him. Never went away from him. No. Man, I'm building the confidence in you. I, I got you. I, I got you. Coach will tell you, I got you. But you want to do this the way I tell you to do it, and I'm going to be hard on you but I always got your back. You know, when people were killing him, killing him, coach came out and talked about that. You know what I mean? And obviously X has made some decisions that that's not great, but at the end of the day, man, they're kids too. Now he got to do better. We're going to hold his ass accountable. Excuse my language. He's going to be held accountable and he has been held accountable, you know, and I think that's helped him in his maturation too. You know what I mean? Like those are the things that we have to teach along with basketball. Like, you got to understand something, man. Like, there's things that you guys do that we can't do as adults. You can't do that as an adult. You just can't. You know what I mean? There's consequences. E, you know, with your business, you know what I mean? Or with what you have going on, there's consequences to some of the things that you that you would, that you would do if you go out here and do something stupid. You know what I mean? Sure. So, and he, yeah, exactly. But I think he has learned those things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he's learning those things. And that's just – that's a part of coaching too. We can't run from this stuff. We've been making the rounds, so let's let's get everybody there. Do how is Trey doing? We know he had a procedure. Uh, is he recovering okay? And yeah. what what when he gets back to full health? What does he need to bring for the team this year to to reach your limit? Just be Trey. Be Trey. We love Trey. You know what I mean? Obviously, he you know he he wants to make more shots. He wants to become a better shooter, which he's been working on. And then Trey got to work on his body so he can stay healthy. And those are, those are some of the things that we talk to him about. And those are some of the things we talk to all these guys about, taking care of your body. You Let, know? Let's Can we start with Trey on uh, working on his shot? Is is it with him? And we know, you know, he had a wrist injury in high school. Is there something even like mechanically you guys can do in the offseason? Or is it no. just about repetition? I feel like when a guy that far along, I mean, if you watch Trey, same deal. If you watch Trey in the workout, he makes shots. Mm. So it's mental, man. A lot of stuff. Basketball is a lot. A lot of it is mental, too. Being able to have the confidence just to go out there and play. You can't be worried about 
I mean, the crowd is there. We just can't be worried about it. Can't be worried about missing a shot. Amen. Take the shot. If you've put the work in, the work will show. Period. It'll show. If you put the work in, because the work should give you confidence. You don't need confidence from other people. You put the work in. If you put the work in. Um, last year, one of the most refreshing things about the team, and we noticed this from the first time we snuck into practice before the season even started, was how loud the gym was. There was yeah. a lot of talking where I know you weren't there the year before the prior years, but one of the big problems with Indiana over the last four years is they were quiet teams. They yeah. did not talk to each other. Um, they didn't communicate loudly on the court, but they just did. There wasn't a lot of personality, but clearly you brought in guys like Xavier, who's got a big personality, you yeah. know, Malik's got a big personality. Jalen is a leader. Um, CJ's got swagger to him. You've got a yeah. lot of guys now. Do you are you still seeing that like kind of joyful exuberance and enthusiasm yeah, in yeah, practice? I'm freshman acquired, but I'm bringing it every day. So I'm gonna make you talk, <laughs> you know. And Woody's gonna make you talk because you go to the NBA practice. That's what they do. They talk, and you know it's hard because they communicate with this. Hmm. You know what I mean? When we grew up, we had to go talk to people. You know, it, it's funny. Oh, that's interesting. You think that's why they're so used to texting and tweeting and stuff that they just haven't, they don't spend as much time talking to people on the phone. They don't talk to each other at all. When wow. you think about it, everything is done in text. They don't talk. You know, <laughs> we'll, wow. we, we can go down there to the cold tub right now. If they all in the cold tub, they all in the cold tub with the towels around them and they got their phones and everybody's just scrolling through their phones. Oh, you know, it's, it's so sad. Yeah. That's just where we are though. And that's just something that, you have to teach them to do. You have to, sometimes you have to take their phone. Sometimes you just have to tell them. And, you know, you just have to keep communicating with them to get them to understand, listen, man, you have to communicate. You can't just not talk. Like, you got to talk. Woody has talked a lot about wanting the right kind of guys for Indiana. You got to be about basketball. You got to be about education. And if you're coming in thinking that NIL is going to be your, you know, road to becoming rich uh, and that's your first priority, then Indiana's not the place for you. We get that. But we also live in the real world where NIL is a real factor now. You know, we obviously made deals with Jalen and Malik uh, when they came on campus. But can you talk a little bit about how important is it for Indiana to have a robust NIL program for these players to just keep up with the competition? So it is important because, I mean, that's just where we are. You know, this is where we are today. This is the NIL. These guys, you know, these guys should get paid. Now, should they get paid some of the numbers that I've seen? Hey, that's not for me to judge. It's not for me to judge. But at the end of the day, I think that we have a good NIL program from what I understand and my understanding of it. I think, you know, can we do more? We can always do more. We can always do better, you know. But I think from what we have right now, you know, I don't see none of these guys around here complaining. Do you play golf? You know what? I got some clubs. I can play golf. I'm not very good, but I'm about to uh, this summer. Well, you know, Woody, Walsh, Jordan Halls, and Kenya have all agreed to play in our Hoosier Fantasy Golf yeah. Tournament. Are so you got, in? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Boom. Boom. We got the whole coaching staff in. Well, you know, as long as I got a little hat, I'm going to be the freshest guy there. Just understand <laughs> well, we know that. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I, Walsh might have something to say about that. No, yeah. he doesn't have the swag that Yah. No. Look at Yah's shoe selection on game day. You know, you go no socks sometimes. Like, you're, you're rocking it. We get yeah. it. Yeah, you have to go. You, we have to let you go. But I have to ask you, what 
needs to happen this coming season for you to feel like it was a success? For you to define 22-23 as a success, what needs to happen? Uh, that's kind of hard for me, but at the end of the day, it's the same goal that we had last year. The goal is unchanged, to win a Big Ten title. That's the goal. We talk about it every single day. That's what we talk about every single day. Winning the Big Ten title. We want to win the Big Ten title, and then we go for the national title. Like, we really – going into the season last year, if you're playing for Mike Woodson, when Mike Woodson walks in that gym, we wasn't thinking about, oh, well, we got this team, we got this. No, because there was a point in time you're looking at the standing. Maybe it was early on. We were right there to stay in the upper echelon. Okay, what can we do to stay in the upper echelon? Because he want to win the Big Ten title. That's all he did. You guys got to understand something. He don't know anything else. <laughs> yeah. I right, just understand that he doesn't. So what he sees at, at Indiana, none of us don't see because his vision is different from us. He blood, sweat, and tears here. So at the end of the day, like that's what he sees. Hey man, this is Indiana. We supposed to win Big Ten title. We supposed to be fighting for a national title every year. That's no if ands or buts about it. He'll, he'll tell you that about last year. Yeah, we had some success. We got back to the tournament. Those are all some things. Those are all building blocks. But the ultimate goal is win a Big Ten title. He says it every single day in practice. I, I love that. I want to ask one more because it's something you and I have discussed on text briefly. But we talked about how much different going into this year is than last year in that this team now has expectations on them. Yeah. Where last year, outside of the expectations you coaches put on them, yeah. the general public was not expecting a Big Ten tournament, a Big Ten championship last year, yeah. and they weren't nationally ranked. You're going to be nationally ranked pretty high when those polls come out. Yeah. The publications are going to predict you guys to win the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and I know that dealing with expectations is something you think about a lot and how this team handles that. How do you work with the players to handle that? Well, I mean, it's funny. I made a comment to him and I tell him all the time, we was in ninth place last year. So how did they, how did they just jump us from ninth to first? I have no idea. <laughs> well, at, the end of, at the end of the day, we still got something to prove. We haven't proven anything. That's on paper. I don't, I think they predicted Purdue to win the, the Big Ten last year. Yeah. Illinois, right? Wisconsin won, won it. Wisconsin won it. Or the Illinois. No, Illinois won. Or did Wisconsin. No, Wisconsin yeah. ended up – maybe they tied, but Wisconsin definitely got a share of yeah. it. So, at the end of the day <laughs> – I no love one, none of us are sure. Yeah. no. no if Indiana came, doesn't win, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, no one came into the season thinking Wisconsin would win, win the title. Right. So, all the experts are not really experts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just paper. Yeah, we got some good players. We got really, really good players. We got talent. Are we talented enough to win it? Yeah, but that don't mean anything. And I think we let them know that every day. Like you, you can you can read all this stuff you want to read. You can listen to all the stuff that that people are saying about us winning the Big Ten and we're number one in the Big Ten. This, that, and other. Hey, man, until the ball goes up, you don't know. No one can predict it. So, well, Coach, we can't wait 
until the ball go, goes up. In the meantime, in the many months between now and then, we are going to just be singing the praises of you and the rest of the staff and all these players that have brought so much joy and optimism to Bloomington. I mean, we, we had an inkling of it coming into last year, but the way you guys finished this last season, the recruiting class you've brought in, the guys you've retained, like we're all losing our minds. And, and while we're sad there's no Bahamas trip this year to get a sneak preview, uh, we are excited to see the guys on the court for the first time at FanFest and mid-August and you know any from now until you guys are rolling on the season um, we are all excited and and just grateful for the work you're doing there in Bloomington appreciate it man hey thank you guys for the work you guys do thank you guys for being not only fans but friends too you know I mean getting to know you guys has been great you guys probably some of the first guys I talked to when I got here you guys you know you had some doubts about me which was good but I think at the end of the day I think that's what helped us kind of build the rapport that we have and kind of the friendship we have. And I appreciate you guys too. Well, uh, you, you said it best. You're a man's man and we respect and admire you and, and do, tr do truly look at you as a friend and want to keep building that relationship until you leave Indiana. And then we swear you off and you'll be dead to us forever. Only as, uh, I'm only leaving Indiana if I'm a head coach, man. That's fair enough. That's yeah, fair thank enough. You. All right. Yeah. Be good, man. All right. Thank you. Good luck out there. Thank you. That was a guest. That was a guest. Did you notice the ending? Yeah. Oh, very clean. Very clean. And I didn't. I didn't do my normal shtick at the end. Right. Right. Because I kind of did unexpected. Yeah. No, you did right? it, and and I didn't feel the need to do it. Also. Great. Great. Yeah. No. I, I'm sorry. I wasn't more effusive in my praise. Yeah. For your restraint. Like next time. But Praise. I need positive reinforcement <laughs> on a regular basis. I'm going to send you a box of cookies. I, I was distracted because there is a garbage truck outside my house, but I take oh. it that wasn't coming through or you would have said something. No, but I like the idea that like all we see is like you get picked up and put into the garbage truck. Like it's <laughs> 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 um, Look, I, um, I am impressed with how every time we talk to him, there is something new. Like they're just, he keeps adding on to his list of like what he's working on, what he's learning, what, the kind of players he needs at Indiana, what it means to play for Woody. You know, I just am always impressed with how thoughtful he is about his job and about um, the, the job as a whole on and off the court. Like hearing him talk about how it's sad for him that Lander left because he wanted to teach him things off the court as well. Like this is a guy who puts his heart and soul into the job, which is what you want at, at Indiana. And I also found him to be very optimistic, but sober about the team. Like he's not going to be a guy who's like a f going crazy effusive about each individual player. He's like, he's working hard, but like, yeah, you want to work on your perimeter skills? Fine. But don't forget who you are. You yeah. know, oh, you think you need to shoot jump shots, Trace? I don't know if I agree with that. Just be better at the things that you are, which were pretty damn good. Jordan Geronimo, you want to be a perimeter guy? Okay, but don't forget that you impacted the game with defense and rebounding and activity. You know, I like that about him. What I like to see is, you know, as the, the show has somewhat segued from looking almost exclusively at the past to now it's it's much more contemporary 
uh, often, episode to episode. And that, that can be certainly traced back to when Yah's arriving. And he's got these impressions of what IU is. And he has all this respect for the history and the legacy. But he hasn't really been a part of it yet. And then to jump forward a year later and to sort of chart in real time how he's he's growing in his role and he's like a young coach but yet he's still been doing it for for a long time so he's in this this place where he can truly be mentored by somebody like Woody who's who's legendary in his his stature and his longevity and his success um that it's it's just fun to chart his progress and also think back we were also full of hope but also just ignorance as to what the Woody era would mean. And so to like check in a year later, it'd be like, well, it's going pretty well. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's even more fun than just that initial, Oh, I hope this promise comes to pass. It's like, no, it's, it's all trending in the right direction. Um, but to your point, he's not letting that get to his head nor that of his players. No, and I think, look, it comes from Woody, and I'm so happy to hear that. Like, yeah, fine, making the tournament, and that's beating Purdue once, like, great. Those are just little building blocks. Those are not the end. Those are, we finished in ninth place. I just love that Yah kept going back to that. We finished in ninth place. And I love that Woody talks about the Big Ten title every day. Every day. Like, set the expectation. Like, this is what I expect of you, but also... I love at the same time, you finished in ninth place last year. Mm -hmm. So don't think that because somebody is predicting that you're going to go from ninth to first, that somehow they're just going to come down and hand you the trophy. That's not how it works. You got to go out and prove that you're not the ninth place team. Yeah. You know, and you got 13 other teams in that conference that have been competing with you for the last many years. It's time to show that you're at the upper echelon. I just, I love, I love Yah's personal stake in it. I love, to your point about tracking a guy who a year ago told us about how much he loved Bobby Knight as a kid. And now he's giving us, here's the kind of player who can succeed at Indiana and he's responsible for going to get him. And I love the idea that they look at kids and go, I don't care how good the kid is. He can't play here. He can't play for Woody. He can't play in the bubble. He can't play in, in the assembly hall and deal with the fans. I love that that that's how he's thinking because it's more than just talent. It's, it's searching further for that it factor that, that you needed. IU. I love the empowerment. What he clearly gives to his coaches and also his players just, he's going to like, Hey, do you, you do you like he doesn't want Kenya or Yas sitting on their hands with their, their lips zipped, uh, not giving their point of view, not giving their perspective. Woody is so confident in what he knows and who he is that he is encouraging these guys to take over entire practices. Maybe it's because he just wants to like smoke some cigars and play <laughs> golf. But I choose to believe that he knows it's going to make his team better, that he's got these guys he's gotten to know and trust over the last, you know, well, it, it was only a matter of weeks or months last year as he's doing that. And I'm sure he only feels that much better about them now. Um, and, and I do think sneaky, breaking news, big deal that Yas slipped in there at the end. He said he wasn't going to leave IU unless it was for a head coaching job. 
That's, Very interesting. That's that's a big deal because we all know about the relationship with Kenny Payne down at Louisville, and there was already rumors about that. And I think I, I don't, don't know think, if he should have said that. <laughs> I, I'm so glad he did because now I'm going to hold him to it. Yeah, it's such bad negotiating tactics. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I'm sorry for him, but I'm I'm happy for us because it's I, just such really... bad. Just uh, so he just cost himself a lot of money. <laughs> Our it's podcast not... may not make a lot of money, but it just cost y'all about $300,000. <laughs> so, so I guess you could say that the Hoosier Hysterics podcast is worth at least $300,000. To, to Scott Dolson. Yeah, to Indiana. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the guy. It's uh, it's really exciting to to see his growth, too, you know, as a coach in just a year and, and being exposed to Indiana and Woody and the different the different aspects of the job and and I just love seeing how much he invests and I, I joked with him but his love for Jabari Smith right who's probably going to be the number one pick of the draft is that what people are saying now well they say Orlando really likes Chet but I think everybody okay. else is saying Jabari should be number one but it's so cool for Ya personally I mean he was out of the college game and really working with that kid on a one-on-one -on -one basis so close to the kid that he calls him his nephew and he calls him Ya his uncle that is super cool and for Ya to be able to watch that on the draft board tonight and see him go up there and put on the hat I'm happy for Ya I really am and I am more excited about how many of those guys are going to be Hoosiers going forward that he gets to do that with Right. Like, that's the thing where it's it all comes down to me of like, what what's the net positive for Indiana? Well, uh, the number one draft pick in the NBA saying, hey, Uncle Yah, thanks for everything on social media or wherever it comes out. That looks really good for other players who are thinking about where to take their talents. And I I love Yah not only as a a force for good with these players basketball game but we he talked about it too just these are great guys these are just great dudes like i'm so happy to have these guys representing our university yeah. and i'm that happy and and proud and confident in having ya molding them into these guys who are going to go out into the world and continue to make us proud on and off the basketball court couldn't say it better you know i usually joke with ya in kenya and i ask him like when was were you fired today? When was the last time you were fired? Right. Can't make those jokes anymore. <laughs> right, right. No, it's it's not always facetious, is it? No, cannot make those jokes. Turns out they were never jokes. <laughs> <laughs> he just ultimately rehires a lot. Mm -hmm. And one time he didn't. Yep. Yep. So, well, you know. It, uh, look, man, we're like 100. And, I think I saw something. What is it, like 160 days away? from college basketball starting, but also breaking news. Yasir's going to be part of the fan fest, the uh, golf experience. So the idea of playing 18 holes with Yah would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, you get to play with Yah or Kenya or Walsh or Jordy Hulls or Woody. I mean, my God, sign the F up. Who's your fantasy experience.com. Look, and that's appealing to all us old dudes who want to get out there and chop it up with these guys for a few hours. But I think about these recruits, these players, and compared to maybe like previous coaches or staffs where I'm like, do you really want to hang out with these guys like this staff? Like just walk into the room of the guys you just mentioned, the core of this coaching staff in this program. 
being like, oh my God, these, these, these guys are the dudes you want to walk into a room and see it just is going to make you smile. They're going to smile. The whole room's going to light up. You guys are going to have fun and, and play some really good basketball. Who do you think is the most uncool of the staff? Extended staff, like, you know, including recruiting coordinator and stuff. Anitra. <laughs> How dare you disparage no, Anitra? She's the coolest. Jordy Halls is clearly the least cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's uh he's as cool as a door can be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's as he is one step cooler than us. Mm. Multiple steps? Yeah, like a okay, staircase. But, <laughs> no. Look, Yah, Kenya, Walsh are on a different level than us, right? Like, we can't even see them. Jordy, I can see his cool factor. It's not that big. <laughs> I love him, and you love him, and yeah. he's a friend. But he would tell you, he's not the coolest guy in the world. He's just a badass basketball player. Fair, fair. Yeah, no, I, I would think he would embrace... Uh, a level of dorkiness like we do, but I, I'm not going to put that on him. I'll, I'll let you do that. Oh, well, whoops. <laughs> All right. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But, but the, the sometimes, sometimes why? We'll be back at what? What was that that you just did? That was a why. Oh, I thought you were about to do something else. So no. What, <laughs> what would I do? Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.